then we open ourselves to realize like life is full of things that will come into our hands and be released from our hands. Our job is to continue to show up open-handed. Hi everyone, I'm Annika and this is the Tried and Truth Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Tried and Truth Podcast. So glad all of you are here today. You are in for a treat because we are sitting down with the Oaks Retreat Center Director, Stephanie Boyce. She is sharing and shedding light on so many things for us today, specifically how we can hold space for others as she has so expertly done, allowing others just that chance to rest and recalibrate and refocus as they build this rhythm of retreat in their daily lives. And so I know you are going to walk away with so many takeaways as she just brings her background of psychology and yoga and spiritual direction to really help guide us in today's conversation. So take a listen. Stephanie, thanks so much for joining us on the Tried and Truth podcast. This is going to be just a really just fun conversation. I'm I'm glad that people can just be invited into this conversation. I had the opportunity to meet you in person a few weeks ago, and now we get to just continue the conversation. So thanks for being here. Absolutely. This is going to be fun. I'm excited. So tell us a little bit about you, how you got to where you are, where you are. <laughs> Yeah, where we met. So talk a little bit about all of those things. <laughs> yeah. So um, I am born and raised in Illinois and um, met Bob Goff, author, speaker, extraordinaire. Um, met him years ago when he was coming to our church as a speaker. Um, we became fast friends and um, he would check in and see how I was occasionally. And when he popped through town, I would meet up with him. And um, he invited me to go to Uganda with him, which was super fun. Um, and we just stayed in contact over the years. And he bought a retreat center in Southern California. So it's about an hour outside of San Diego with his buddy, Miles Adcox from Onsite. And the two of them just had a dream for people to have a place that they could go and get better. And so Bob called and he said, what do you think about coming out and helping us create this thing? So I was like, absolutely. Of um, course. It just, yeah. It was like a perfect timing um, for our, ourselves, like personally and professionally. Um, it just made a whole lot of sense for us to take the leap. And um, we had come from a really close knit family and friends. We lived on a street that had our name on it. So we lived next to our grandma and grandpa and um, aunt and uncle. And it was a really big transition for us to, to leave um, where we were very well planted. But um, it was just an opportunity that was, was we were ready for. And it was the right timing for our family. But um, then, then COVID happened. So we moved <laughs> out here uh, six weeks after or six weeks before COVID happened um, and then we're like it's that scene from Sweet Home Alabama where they're like you have a baby in a bar I'm like we have a retreat center in a pandemic that we're supposed to open so um, we started really small but we all had the desire to hold space for people and so um, even with 11 people in a pandemic we were trying to create spaces for people to get what they needed because right in the beginning with the pandemic, it was so isolating. Um, and we could sense that people wanted to connect, but they wanted mm. to connect safely. And so we started with this idea of self-guided retreats and um, it took off from there. And so now we, we get to do programming out here every week. Um, it's obviously grown and we do a number of different things, but it's been a fun adventure. I've been in California now for about two years with my family. Isn't that amazing? Like just how all the pieces start to 
come together. And I know you kind of mentioned just holding space, which I know we're going to talk a lot about today, but um, just like, I want to talk today about tra uh, transitions too. I think transitions, you kind of shared a little bit of that. And I think anyone who's listening is going through some type of transition transitioning personally, professionally, spiritually, emotionally, uh, and so much of what you do, even outside of this, right? You're a yoga instructor and spiritual director and run a retreat center and you're a mom and, you know, all of these things. And so how do you kind of navigate just transitions in your own life, in your own life? Like, let's just, let's just start there. Yeah. I mean, for me, transitions are hard. I'm a deep feeler. Um, I'm an Enneagram four. Um, and so I'm always in my feels. And so um, with transitions, there's lots of ups and downs, obviously. So I feel every single one. Um, and so it, it takes a lot of energy for me, I think, to, to go through a transition. But I also believe that transitions are happening all the time. We're ever changing. Um, and so with that kind of comes a little bit of peace, too, of knowing mm -hmm. we're always going to be in transition. Um, and if we can figure out ways to both honor our grief and also be excited for the next thing. Um, I think that's been the most helpful thing as I've experienced transitions, um, even, even simple transitions, but for us, the big one was a move. Um, and so to go, man, you know, we're, we're really sad that we're leaving behind some really beautiful things, friendships and of just the known um, and, and being known by people who are grieving that while simultaneously holding space for the excitement of a new adventure. I think a lot of times we feel like we have to choose um, mm. or that we're not allowed to be sad if there's a good thing coming. And then I think it's also the reverse um, of like if something bad happens and there's a transition um, or something difficult happens, when we don't give ourselves permission to stay in the grief of that, we move forward maybe sometimes too quickly um, and look for the bow at the end of the story. And sometimes our stories don't have bows. So it's just, for me, a transition is ever-changing. And it's also something that if I hold both of those joy and sorrow moments in tension, um, I feel like that's what helps me navigate those well. That's really good. And I love what you said too, about just like holding this idea of holding space for the unexpected too, uh, kind of makes me just think of creating that margin in our life for really great things to show up. I think we, whatever we're moving from or changing or grieving or um, transitioning from, I think you're in the work, we kind of hold on to a lot of it and we don't leave this margin to what's coming like the good things that, that can come and that are coming and just leaving that, that space in our lives um, open. Yeah, there's this beautiful child. Um, I love children's books. And there's a beautiful story um, for children. I think it's called The Little Tree. And it's the story of this tree um, who's standing next to a bunch of other trees. And um, the time comes for this little tree to let go of its leaves. And it's like, I can't let go of my leaves. Hmm. And so it, it shows through each season, this little tree hanging on to these dead little leaves. And he's watching his friends and all the trees next to him keep growing and growing. And then finally he lets go of his leaves and realizes that that very thing he was holding was actually holding him back. And I think we do that Oh, too, that's so good. Right? Like <laughs> we hold on to these things that, that have defined us and are important. 
um, and we think that um, we're just this and we're not enough to step into X, Y, and Z, but it's almost like a butterfly coming out of a cocoon. Like we have to sometimes go through the birth canal, go through, yes. go through the letting go process in order to create space for something new to be birthed. But that's hard. And I think we, we think because we're going to something good and new that we can't acknowledge how hard that letting go is. I love what you just said too about just this, we hold on to this identity. We hold on to this thing we were. Um, I saw this post a couple of days ago that is she just had a baby and she was kind of showing pictures from after her baby. And she said, you know, can we just like give ourselves this grace to let go of who we were? Because you feel this pressure of like, I need to go back and be and look like that and feel like that and act like that. And, and I think we have a lot of identity wrapped up into who we were. But when we shift that mindset to who we're becoming, because we are ever changing, we are ever transforming. That's the whole point of life, right? Is that we're always learning, we're always growing and we're being transformed, right? Day by day. And I, I just, yeah, that's such a great visual of like, we hold on to this thing or this person or this picture. Why can't I still look like that? My husband and I laugh. We, so we've been married 10 years this year and I found a picture of the first date that we had. And he says, I look like I'm wearing a wig. <laughs> it's all, you know, more salt than pepper now. And, and I dye my hair. And so <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot of salt in there too, but we don't look the same. We're not the same. And it's like, we, we, we talk about like, gosh, we just wish we had that same energy. We wish we still had that same sense of adventure. We wish we had all these things. And it's like, that's who we were, but we're becoming who we want to be. And we have to just like, let go of holding on to that and stop putting this pressure on ourselves to look like that, act like that, feel like that, because we're not that anymore. We're not that anymore. Yeah, I also like the visual of integration of this idea. Um, we talk about this in flagship, but, uh, flagship retreats, but it's like the, the idea of being a Russian doll. So we, we nest the next version of ourselves within us. And mm. so it's not so much, yes, there are some things that we do have to let go, but even going back to the tree, it's like the whole tree didn't get sliced down to its roots and have to start all over we get to become over and over again, taking who we were and placing it within us and integrating it within us. Like we couldn't be the person that we are had we not had that experience or had we not looked like that 10 years ago. <laughs> and so it's, it's a becoming, but it's, an un, it's like a constant unfolding of the next version of us. We get to take every version with us. That's great. So, and like nothing is wasted, right? Nothing is wasted. Yeah. Nothing, nothing is wasted. So you guys do so many retreats for so many different kinds of, of folks in different stages. I mean, I'm sure it's for every stage of life. What's kind of your favorite thing about, about what you do, about bringing people together? Like, what do you find at the end of each of these retreats that just is so life-giving? Yeah. Um, I really love the cadence of retreat. Um, most of our retreats are like a three-day, two-night. Um, we do longer ones, but generally that's that's the framework. And so day one, you know, everyone's, it feels like junior high um, cafeteria. Like everyone <laughs> walks in like, where do I sit and who am I here with? You know, like it's just this weird, like, what did I sign up for? I'm finally here. So it's like a mix of nerves and excitement. and um, And so I sense and feel that. And then 
Saturday, there's like this unfolding grace that happens. So by like Saturday night, people have just connected and they let their hair down and they've probably spoken out something that made them afraid and then uh, were met with the a welcoming affirmation. So um, the community that, that this place just attracts is beautiful. Um, and then by Sunday, it's like, oh man, it's over. Like everyone's got to go. <laughs> Some, somehow we bend time here. And so um, I kind of like every stage of that, um, just because I think it reflects the human experience so much. Um, so my favorite part ultimately are like the connections and then the breakthroughs, those aha moments, like just helping people remember who they are. And then they see it and they go, yeah, that's, that's who I am. And that's who I'm becoming. And that's okay. Right. Like just mm, coming into the yeah. moment where you're just at peace with yourself. Um, like we have writers retreats out here and to watch a, a writer who's been scared to say they're a writer, say I'm a writer no matter where they are in that stage or in that process or watching a woman who uh, has been carrying a lot of grief. Uh, we had a woman come in who had, had lost her husband and she came in hot. I always say they come in hot. Uh, she's <laughs> late and, you know, she's frazzled and uh, the road getting here is a little bumpy. And uh, she came in and got settled. And I just looked at her and I was like, I think we just need to breathe together. Are you okay if I just come over and lay a hand on your shoulder? We just breathe together. And the tears just fell. And it was like, yeah, that's it. Like, this is a safe place for you to come and get what you need, whatever that is. Um, and so that's just so fun to watch people just have those moments. You just have such a beautiful spirit about you. And I think you have this gift of holding space for people, whatever, like you said, space looks like. How can we all just think about holding greater space for people and the people like for the people around us like whatever that looks like whether someone who's listening goes to work every day leads a team has a family like how can we hold space in a more intentional way for people so that they can go through like you said that human condition of being themselves to realize things to become who they're meant to be or go through what they need to go through to get to where they need to be yeah um i think the first is just a willingness you know, um, to want to do that. Uh, the world is really noisy and the greatest gift we can give one another is to turn the volume down and just to literally create space in our conversations where it's not noisy. Um, you know, even I'm thinking of a leader leading teams, you know, to sit back and let somebody share, to say, tell me more to not be in a rush to the next thing, to really hear the team that you're leading, people you're leading, and to pay attention to their lives. Um, you'd be surprised. It doesn't take a whole lot of time, but it does take intentionality to just slow down, to listen. Um, some practical tips that I do, because I'm a verbal processor. I, I literally will cover my mouth when somebody's talking to remind me to stop talking. <laughs> Um, I love just, that. <laughs> um, ask more questions than give advice to really believe that the person across from you can figure out what they need. They don't need your prescriptive three things that start with the letter Q. You honestly could just ask some really good questions. I think the best leaders are probably the most silent ones in the room. They're just absorbing everything. They're asking questions. And then their words hold more weight when they do speak. 
So I think if we could just all extend this slowing down, turning the decibels of our life down just a little bit, getting curious about people's lives and what's important to them. One of the questions I recently heard someone ask someone, not what do you do, but what do you love? What do you love? It's really good. And that just like allows everybody to answer that in a way that makes this makes most sense for them. Um, I think it's out of our own insecurity that we feel like we have to come to people with answers or come to people as the professional, um, to come to people that are grieving with some sort of fix-it tape. And quite frankly, we just need to sit with people. And that actually makes us feel really, really out of control and in, incapable. <laughs> and that's just- For true. sure. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also like the biggest gift we can give people. And it's freeing when you really think about it. All you have to do is show up and listen and love someone. Wow. Okay. That sounds like a beautiful invitation. We're just so, I think we're just so scared of doing that, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, as we, you know, think about like holding space for other people, I think what you just said a minute ago about um, just like not having to have answers. And I love that example that you gave about the woman who came in who was grieving and a hot mess, right? (laughs) Because we all are a hot mess most days, Uh, most moments in time for for one thing or another. But just this idea of like, we don't have to have answers. We don't have to know what to say. We just have to be available. And I think that's like one of the most beautiful gifts that we can give other people. Um, But I also kind of want to spin that around a little bit and just have this idea of like holding space for ourselves. Mm-hmm. and being okay with not having answers sometimes. And I just, I know there's so many moments in my life where I feel like transitions happening or there's a big change happening. And, and I feel like, because I'm a fixer, I need to know, okay, so how do I fix this? And it's like, it's, it doesn't need fixing. Mm-hmm. It just needs to be like, you just need to be in this moment. And so, you know, for, for those who come in and, and retreat, right? I think the gift of a retreat to yourself to me is like the best way in the world to, to hold space. And for anyone who's listening, whatever that looks like for you to make the investment, whether that's time, energy, resources, money, whatever that is, to invest in holding space for yourself. Um, it doesn't have to be this frivolous vacation, but really this place where you drown out those noises and you be where you are and you think about what you want to be and who you want to be and not not what you want to do not that identity that comes with that title or that next step but just where am i who am i what really matters yeah i love that i i believe that we want good things and i believe that we we, we want to show up for our people, right? And so we're like, well, we can't, we can't leave. We can't, we can't spend the family money and we can't invest in that. We have to be present. We have to take the kids to the soccer practice. But what we forget is that as we take care of ourselves in this way, as we get curious, as we notice our movements, as we get more intentional and quiet, we actually show up better to the people that we're loving and leading. And that's the goal is to show up rested, to show up joyful, to show up present, 
And when we fill our days with noise and busyness, um, we martyr ourselves at our schedules. We're actually not showing up as we really want to, as the best versions of ourselves. And so at first you would say, well, that's selfish. It's selfish to take an hour and go for a run or read a book or meditate or whatever it is that you do um, because I'm stepping away from my family or my roles or my email. But quite frankly, it's the best thing we can do to show up to those very places from a place of health and a place where we're not grasping at people to meet our needs, but we're meeting our own needs. Then we can meet the needs of others. And so, um, you know, it's interesting to watch when people build a rhythm of retreat. So we have people that come out every six months, annually, every three months. And um, when people have whatever built-in cadence works for them, um, that they honor and they carve out and they they commit to it's such an amazing thing to watch how their life gets better by creating space we think it's opposite but it's not um and so yeah taking care of ourselves isn't selfish taking care of ourselves is the best way to invest in the places that we need to go and the, the places that we need to show up. And everything we do flows from that place. So if we're creating a project, if we're leading a team, whatever we're going to do is going to be birthed out of that quiet space that we're cultivating underneath the soil. That's such a beautiful picture. If we don't hold that space, the loudest voice in our life is everyone else's. And when you create that moment of space, like you said, whatever that is, whether that's a run or yoga or a night just to yourself, or whatever that might look like, um, just allowing our own voice to just come to the surface and like help us to be the better us rather than the better everybody else that we feel like we need to be because that's the, loud, the loudest voices we're allowing or to be everybody else's and, and not our own. And that's a very exhausting state, I think, to to be in. Um, I'm curious just to hear like, how, how do you hold space for yourself so that you can do all the things that you do for all the different kinds of people that step foot into a retreat center? Yeah, totally. And that's really important because it's a 24 seven kind of job. Um, we're definitely learning. Um, we did as a family, we did a decade of youth ministry. And so we know in the church that um, if you're willing to volunteer or give any time, <laughs> um, they are more than happy to take it. And so uh, when we came out here, we thought, man, we're not going to do that. We're not going to run on fumes. We're going to really invest in ourselves. And so um, for me, what I do is I just carve a block of time um, every single day. And I have a long list of things that fill me with joy. And I don't get pretty rigid about it. I just carve a block and say, okay, what can I do? What can I play today? Um, do I want to go for a walk? Do I want to read? Do I want to do yoga? Do I want to sit and watch the sunrise? Like, I just get to decide what feels good in my body and what my body needs for that day. And then I honor that. And then when the time mm -hmm. is done, I just take that hopefully into my day. Um, but I used to think, that I needed to like color code Excel sheet, you know, 15 minutes, I'm going to drink this water <laughs> and then I'm going to you know, put on this lotion on my face, you know, whatever it was. <laughs> like I had this rigid ritual idea of coming into um, disciplines and I'm like, I hate the word discipline. What if 
Instead, I said, I've got till 9 a.m. to do whatever fills my soul. What's going to fill my soul today? And then just say yes to that. So I've been a lot less rigid with myself as I've gotten older. Um, and that's just been like a really beautiful, playful invitation to give myself. I think that we are all probably a little too rigid in our lives. And like, I love that you said, like you wake up in the morning, it's like for today, yeah. what is the best thing for today? Um, one of the things I want to share that you taught me, and it was a, such a great visual for me that I want everyone else to get to hear too, was just this idea of like, we're like the sponge and all throughout our life, like the sponge is just, and I don't know if this is what you meant by the example, but this is how I interpret it and how it kind of changed my, my way of thinking. But um, like all throughout our lives, things are just pouring into the sponge. And I think that we get to this place where, I don't know if this happens to you, but sometimes like the sponge just sits out and it doesn't get kind of wrung out and it gets really gross <laughs> and it's kind of ineffective. And you just talked about this daily practice, not necessarily discipline, but this practice, whatever that practice is for you of wringing out that sponge and starting fresh. And so whenever I go to my kitchen to do my dishes, I just think of this visual reminder of what is it today that I need to wring out so we get a fresh start. And I think sometimes we put that off a little bit too far of okay, one day this year, I'm going to get away or we're going to go do this thing. We wait and we just let this sponge get mold and gross and just soppy and it's just not effective. And so I, I love that you just kind of reminded me of this daily practice that I get to see every day when I walk into my kitchen of how have I wrung out that sponge in my life today so that I can show up better for the people around me and um, I know in the past when I have seen a therapist, uh, I'm, a, I'm an introvert and so I was in a very extroverted job and one of the things she shared with me is just carving out this 15 minutes for myself every day, which is not a lot and was a lot easier than I thought it was to do, but she said that's create a practice in that 15 minutes for yourself of like light a candle, make tea, like do something that's not chug your coffee. It's a very well intentional, you know, take a quick walk, watch the sunrise, watch the sunset, but just be somewhere with yourself for 15 minutes, just you so that you can find that place to recharge. And it kind of makes me just think of that, that sponge analogy, which I love. So thank you for sharing that with me. Absolutely. Yeah, we are quite porous. So we're taking in our environment all the time. So you're absolutely right. Um, I also think of like this idea of um, when we slow down the cadence, even just for moments, we can become more intentional with our time versus indiscriminately responding to what is right in front of us. And so, yeah, I think it's super important that we're always remembering how porous we are, that we're only human, um, that rest is something we're supposed to do just like eating three meals a day. Like, we need to take care of that. We were not made to be machines. And so that wringing out is a daily practice. Um, and it's not, it's not a selfish gift. It's like a necessary part of who we are supposed to be. And so it's so important for us to hold space, um, to breathe, to ring out, uh, to play, to just show up to a cadence that slows us down and focuses us because then we'll move through our day much differently. And that's the invitation. You even said it, I ring myself out so that I can show up better to those places. Yes, and just be more effective to whatever it is that's um, in front of me. 
So I'm curious if you found like a thread that has run through all the different people in different stages, seasons, chapters of life, moments in time. Like, is there a thread that has run through all of that that is just something that we all as a community, all of us as humans, we all need? Yeah, you know, I honestly, it, it's like a broken record, but we just need to slow the cadence down. It doesn't need to be forever. We don't need to turn into sloths. But just those moments of focus, those moments to just turn down the noise, everybody responds so well to that. Nature is such a beautiful invitation. So we're, we're surrounded by around 240 acres. And so the invitations that sit among nature tend to um, meet everybody where they are. And so I don't know, it's, it's just really powerful to see no matter what people are coming in with, if they give themselves that invitation, if they accept the invitation and give themselves permission, it's amazing what happens in that concentrated time. Um, and, and that's true of, of everybody that does. The one thing that I think we, so, so we also live up, we're trying to live up to people's expectations um, so we don't appear lazy. I think that's one reason we rush all the time. The other is because we're afraid of what we might hear and we don't know how to trust our own voice. Um, and so cultivating that too is really important. Um, and just to be mindful of why does my, why does my sponge always seem to be sitting on the sink full, right? Like maybe I'm trying to avoid things um, with numbing out and turning up the volume a little bit. So I would just be aware too, a common thread that I see running through a lot of people is that we don't know how to trust our own voice. Um, we don't know how to be silent with ourselves. It's a very uncomfortable, uncomfortable place to be. Um, and, and that's why I think having a guide with you is so important. Um, just having someone or something, um, some practice, just holding the frame for that so you can paint the picture is such a beautiful thing because if you get if you get into space that's silent without a container around it it can kind of be a scary place it's a frantic place um, we're made to kind of grasp a little bit instead of free float so we got to tether ourselves i think a little bit to some sort of practice or some sort of guide or something that will help hold the frame of that it's a great picture just having something in those moments. And I think part of the reason I think we're so scared to be alone with our own thoughts or alone in silence is because we actually have to process an emotion. <laughs> we have to feel something and our culture is so used to numbing the feelings and not acknowledging the feelings. And I was talking to someone the other day who's going through counseling right now and they were saying that the most beneficial thing they've taken away is just like learning to actually, as simple as it sounds, just like say what they're feeling because they never wanted to admit that that's how they were feeling. And I think that's, I think that's part of the reason like we've just numbed anytime we ever start to feel a feeling we turn on the tv we pick up a phone we go out and do something like we we feel that even that surfacing tiny 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 bit of i think i'm feeling something that is any feeling other than just status quo okay like going through the motions which is what i think so many people do but we're humans and we have feelings and we have emotions and just having that container available as we start to process those things or that guide that walks alongside you and 
whatever stage of life that you're walking through to just to be able to just let those things get put into the bucket or get processed with somebody so that you can feel the feelings that you feel and you can be how you are and who you are and where you are. Yeah. Yeah, And I think it's that going back to the sponge, you know, it's like, we just pour more water on it. Yes. (laughs) No, you're not supposed to pour more water on it. And I think we think that if we feel that, or we acknowledge that, or we go there, that we're going to get stuck there. It's, um, I like to say, it's like a bear hunt. You have to go through it. You, there mm. is something on the other side of that. You will not get stuck, but you cannot avoid getting tossed about in the waves. Like you, ha- you have to go through the weeds and the waves and the hard stuff so that you can get to the other side of that. But part of that process is absolutely 100% sticking your face in it, going right through it, and even getting tossed around or scraped up a bit as you're there. Um, I think that's why we don't want to go there is because we think if we go there, we'll die there and we won't, mm-hmm. but we have to almost, I guess that maybe we do have to die there because we have to get reborn in that place. Oh, that's so, good. um, you know, it's like the little tree I'm using so many metaphors and they're getting all tangled, but it's like the little tree losing their leaves. Like we have to, die to some stuff before we can find our next version of ourselves um and so when you're open when you're going to those silent places with open hands willing to say okay it's not mine anyway take it you know then i think transformation begins then we open ourselves to realize like life is full of things that will come into our hands and be released from our hands. Our job is to continue to show up open-handed. That's so good. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> write that down. So uh, I yeah, I'll write that too. down. <laughs> <laughs> I need that... it. I need it. So yeah, no, I just have to remind myself of that every day because I want to grasp so hard. I want to grasp the things I love so hard and not let them go. I want to stiff hand my way through painful things, but that's just, that's what keeps us stuck. It's so true. Bob would and say, just don't build a camp there. Don't build a camp there. Yeah. yeah. I always say that like, just because you're there, this is, you're right where you're supposed to be, but it doesn't mean you have to stay there. And I think you're right. I think people go there and then they put a camp there and our brains are wired to focus on all those things that are broken or wrong or need to be fixed or negative. And so we, we set up a camp around that and we, we don't allow ourselves to acknowledge it, confront it mm-hmm. and move through it. Like you said, that's where the transformation happens. And maybe we set up a camp, yeah. but we just don't pour a foundation, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe we do need to stay there for a while, um, especially when there's painful things like loss and grief. And like, we do have to kind of acclimate our eyes to the dark a bit um but then yeah eventually what happens is is we we roll up our sleeping bags right so um i just think there's so many beautiful invitations to living open campus that if we're willing to go to those places and those places can only be cultivated when we slow down and hold space Uh, what a beautiful invitation to do that for one another you know, in flagship, we say a lot that we do our work both alone and together, um, that we're just side by side practicing, which is also why I love the yoga mat, 
because it's your practice, it's your body, it's your movements. But if you're watching, it looks like a symphony of movement. So, um, yeah, I think I think those are some invitations that we have. Just waiting when we get quiet. Well, that's beautiful. Well, thank you for for sharing all your helpful metaphors and just insights and just our invitation, our invitations today. Like you said, there's a couple, I think, in this conversation that will hopefully um, be received on the other side and people will step into that invitation um, in their own lives. Um, one final question that I want to ask you, because I love hearing this answer in these conversations is like, what does success look like for you? Um, honestly, it's showing up to my work every day. It's being a rested woman. That's what success looks like for me. It's not hitting a certain number of Instagram followers. It's not um, not even meeting my goals. Um, I think the biggest, most important thing I, I keep asking myself is, am I turning into love? Did I love the people that are closest to me well? Did I move through this world in a rested posture, creating space for people. I like to think of myself as, as a raspberry lady. So my 80-year-old my version of myself, who I am becoming, is feisty, and she swears a little bit. She, she's squishy. <laughs> I love this. Um, she's got a, a bosom that people like to nestle in and feel safe cuddling with. Um, she's, she just moves through this world like with this waddle slash stroll that's confident and rested and she's got a bowl full of raspberries inviting people to sit at her table any passerby just ready to shoot the breeze and I think if that is how I live out every single one of my days from here on out that's going to be success for me I'm just thinking about that that lady <laughs> and she I'm wears like about a big colorful maxi dress like she she's very present you won't miss her but she will see you in ways hmm. that you've never been seen before without even having to say a word like those are the best grandmas to me those are the best yes. women in the world <laughs> just yes. don't care <laughs> but they care so deeply that they don't care if that makes sense which is the best part about it yeah. Well, this has been just such a sweet conversation, such a sweet time. I just feel like every time you're talking, I'm just, I'm there. I'm, I'm right there. I'm, I am all ears listening to the metaphors, the insight, um, and just the wisdom and just thinking about like, how can we apply that in our own lives of yeah. being more of the, the raspberry people in the world and, uh, you know, thinking about what really matters and, I love your definition of success so much. I think it's one that no one's really given that kind of definition before. And I'm excited to, to share this episode and to share especially this portion of it. I think it will inspire a lot of people. Um, thanks for joining us. And I'd love just for you to share where people can, can hear more about um, you and more about the retreats and just kind of what you're up to these days. Yeah, well, first, you are creating and holding space for people with the work that you're doing in the world. So never forget what impact that makes. People mm -hmm. are listening and they are taking the space that you're creating and cultivating it in their own lives, which, which is beautiful. Um, that's what we give to the world, right? So you're doing that. That's the hope. Yeah, that's it's, the beautiful. Hope. it's beautiful. So I can't wait for more words from you. Is there, <laughs> is there a 
book maybe coming down? Just the maybe. Way? Okay, well, listeners, <laughs> if you need that book, keep, keep asking for it because it's coming, I bet. Um, and then, yeah, for me, I, you know, I, so I tried to be a writer once. I'm still in the process of writing. Um, it is hard. Writing is hard, um, at least for me. And um, this man told me that I needed a huge Instagram following to be a, a successful writer. Um, and that made me clam up because I'm an introvert. And so I, I went to private on Instagram. <laughs> so I follow anyone um, or will accept anyone's invitations. I, as long as you're not creepy. So that's why I'm, I'm <laughs> private. So but I can be found at Stephanie Boyce 5. It's just Stephanie with an F. Um, if you want to connect on Instagram. And then um, I'm over at the Oaks, which is just oakcenter.com. I think everybody needs to go. Yeah, I think we're <laughs> Oak Center or the Oak Center on Instagram. Um, shows how much I use that, that platform. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, and, and ultimately, we, we just have an open seat at anything we're doing. If anybody's ever open, I can even get you a discount code if you want to offer to your listeners. I think that, that would be would great. Be you want to share that with me? I can yeah, share it yeah, in the we'll show notes. Um, I go. think it's this is an invitation yep. for everybody to go figure out yep. what what that retreat looks like for you. And if it happens to be at the Oaks, I highly recommend it and would love to share a discount code with anyone who's listening. So thank you so much, Stephanie, for this time and for the work that y'all are doing and creating a space that people can retreat and recharge and rest. And I hope that this encouragement for others to just hold space for themselves today and keep that margin in your life for whatever you need today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Tried and Truth Podcast. As I do in every episode, I am leaving you with some truths and takeaways to be sure that you don't walk away without any of them from today's conversation. Number one, let go of your leaves. You may just realize the very thing you were holding on to is the very thing that's holding you back. Number two, know you're being transformed day by day. We couldn't be who we are or who we're becoming without being who we were. Nothing is wasted. Number three, the greatest gift we can give one another is to turn the volume down and to literally create space in our conversations. Number four, the best leaders don't necessarily have all the answers. They're often the silent ones in the room, absorbing, asking good questions. They turn down the decibels in life a bit and get curious about people's lives and what's important to them. Number five, whatever we're going to do is going to be birthed out of the quiet space we're cultivating underneath the soil. Cultivate that soil. Number six, when we slow down the cadence, even if it's just for moments, we can become more intentional with our time versus indiscriminately responding to what's right in front of us. Number seven, our job is to continue to show up open-handed. Thanks for sticking around. If you haven't already, would love for you to subscribe to the podcast or leave some feedback on Apple Podcasts. Appreciate you all so much, so much more to come. And until next time.